Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience with your host, Adrian. I, and I think Tin Fins is just, um, it, it, maybe it's crack. And Jerry. I'm going to say two things to you right now, and they're going to contradict each other. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. If you know what that is, you probably have other things you should be doing right now. We're just going to hang out with you while you do them. I am Adrian. And I'm Jerry. And this is Leaving a Legacy, episode 20. Um, just figured I'd do a little video game flashback there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you even know what that was. Do you know what that uh, was? Uh, yeah, is that uh, the old Contra cheat code for oh, shit. Yes, it is. Infinite Lives or something like that? No, it was like 30 lives. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I think I think it was thirty lives and infinite continues. It was Contra Life Force. Yeah, yep. uh, wasn't that the game where you needed to use that cheat code to play the game because it was like real life? A single bullet kills you, and there's just bullets flying all over the place all the time. Nah, it wasn't too bad. I don't know. I used to love that game. I don't actually know if I even ever played it without the cheat code. Now that I think about it. Yeah, exactly. That game was like famous for never being playable without the cheat code. <laughs> what the hell was the other one? You know what other game I used to like a lot? I went to this little thing where like. I don't, see, when I was a kid, I didn't have, like, a video game system. I didn't have a Nintendo or any of that. So, like, when I got older, I went out, motherfucker, with the phone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Who the... Hello? Man, phone Hello. never never fucking rings. Um, anyway. I actually don't even have a home phone anymore. I don't even know why we do. I've, I've fully transitioned over to cell phones. See, we got... We got a... Uh, I, I kind of wondered why we had a home phone. Why the fuck does it keep... There we go. Um, we 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 got home phones, and I asked I asked why. I'm like, why? Do, well, everybody in this house has a cell phone. Why do we even have a home phone? Because the only person that calls is a telemarketer. Exactly. And and so I never take the call, and I'm like, I don't even know why we have this phone. And for some reason, it's I guess it's cheaper to have phone, cable, and internet than just cable and internet. <laughs> See, I think we do that too. We just don't have any phones hooked up to the phones. That's that's we're, an idea. We're literally paying for something we never use because it's cheaper than not paying for it. And I don't understand. <laughs> I, I I I don't I don't get that. But um, so yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't have a video game system or anything anyway. But at a certain point, when I got older, I would like go to flea markets and pick up old Nintendos and like mm-hmm. all the all the games that I wish I had when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you remember Rygar? No. Oh man. A little. I started with the N sixty four generation. Like I played some Super Nintendo, but I never, never got a Super Nintendo. N sixty four is where I started. Oh, I was actually talking about the original Nintendo. Uh, yep, not even Super. <laughs> <laughs> Just average Joe Nintendo. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I. I something kind of dawned on me this morning. Um, you know, I kind of. I'm. I'm acknowledging my age lately. Anyway. But like, um, so I went to I went to work this morning, and on my way in the door, I got a text message. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I kind of thought it was um, I got a text message from a friend of mine that another guy, another one of my friends, passed away this morning. 
Oh, I'm sorry about that, dude. Yeah, it's it's almost like every week there's somebody passing away, and I'm like, man, this is... And I, I walked into the shop, and, you know, I was talking to one of the guys who was older, and I looked at him, I'm like, you know, I'm not... I'm not the oldest guy, but I'm not the youngest. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every week there's somebody passing away, and he's kind of said that he, you know, he goes in, he reads the obituary every morning. And I kind of, and I kind of <laughs> wow, wonder at a certain right point, is it like, sunny start to the morning? I'm like, is it just maybe I'll see my own name? You know, <laughs> is it going to be one of those? Because it's starting to dawn on me. It's it's almost like what I do is, you know, I I mean I know I know you're younger than me, but at, at a certain point I don't know what the fuck happens, man. But it's like I get up. And I go to work, and I do my job, and I do that every day. And it's almost like that's all I'm really doing is just working every day until I die. Like it's it's I have these little things in between uh, my phases of work that I don't know either keep me going or something. And one of them's just legacy. Yep. Well, see, I have the same situation where more and more of my friends are getting married off, and that's like they're dying. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> so I know I know just where you're coming from. <laughs> it's it's not. Point that they're dying. What they've probably found is somehow somebody who's putting up with them out of love unconditionally. It's really strange, man. I mean, uh, well, I mean, we never see them again. They we stopped hearing from them. You know, you, you tell stories about them fondly, wishing that they were there. You know, it's pretty similar to dying. Well, no. Well, what actually happens is it's it's kind of like when your friend gets a new girlfriend and then you never see him for like the first three weeks until he realizes yeah. that she's just like everybody else he's ever dated and then you yeah. start to talk to him again you're like yeah see no but you know she's cool and you put up with her and and you know and it's it's the ones that are actually kind of the scary ones are like well we got married then we got divorced then we got remarried again then we got divorced again now we're just dating you're like dude that girl has been nothing but fucking trouble in your life man i got one oh man one of my buddies when when uh then this was this was this was funny dude this guy was off the fucking chain i mean he would if there was a fight going on, it was funny because he would always pick the biggest guy and fucking mm-hmm. hit him. <laughs> like he was just like that, <laughs> and, and like he was he was pretty crazy anyway. Uh, and like he would meet up with these girls, and some of these girls were a little fucking crazy too. And mm-hmm. one of them was probably like it was so funny because this, um, you know, he wasn't like a, he wasn't a big guy. I mean, he wasn't like, um. Well, he wasn't fucking puny, that's for sure. I don't know, he was kind of like mid-sized, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um but he got he he started dating this girl at one point that was like half his size and she would just talk him down into like they I mean <laughs> they would get into these fucking fights that were just obscene. And not like I mean he wouldn't hit her or anything. I mean they were no fist fights or anything, but like she would just berate him, you know, and like he he would come back at her like this. It was so they had the most chaotic fucking relationship you'd ever watch. You know, and, like, then they break up, and I'm fucking done with her, and, like, three weeks later, they're dating again. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> it was this off and on um, craziness. And, uh, and of course, it's like, that's the first one that has your kids. <laughs> you know, like, this. <laughs> and, like, no, no matter what, dude, you're, like, it's life is life is life is some crazy shit, man. Um, what did what, yeah? What did you say a few weeks ago when it's raining out? Weigh your rubbers or something? <laughs> yeah, something along those. You got the general gist of it. Yeah, I was uh-huh. I was I was talking to one of the I I used I, I used an expression to the guy at Human Resources a couple of weeks ago because I was trying to give him an analogy to something, mm-hmm. and then one of the women in the office called me up today 
and I kind of said the same thing almost. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, it's a good thing she has a sense of humor because it had, it had something to do with like one of the guys' computers was really really slow and like. Yep. Whenever there's something that's computer based, they end up giving me a call, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and I've been I've been telling them like, yeah, uh, XP is out of date for like a while now, and uh, I said something to the human resources manager. I'm like, I've been trying to get all the XP machines off the domain, and I'm like, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, giving everybody condoms, but you got somebody that's poking holes in them. I'm like, <laughs> you don't want to go picking up prostitutes. You're gonna get viruses with that shit, and like. <laughs> So this is the human resources guy, and, and I kind of said it to him like just me and him, but like he, yeah. he laughed because he, he he got the sense of humor out of it. I'm like, like, oh, that's so funny. I'm just gonna file a report on you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm lucky. I have my job. I love my job. It's <laughs> good. Uh, but so anyway, so anyway, so did you it, get to uh, play any uh, magic this weekend? Man, I. I was like fucking shaking Sunday night and Monday. I'm like, yeah. I just want to fucking. I, I got, I have three decks built that I was ready to bring down yep. there like Sunday, and I'm like, uh, yep, going through that legacy withdrawal, oh, hardcore. <laughs> I, I I don't know what you got, kind of sleeving and ready to go. I, I, you were talking about doing the Grixis Painter still. Yeah, I got three decks up. Um, so I have Grixis Painter just because that hasn't gone through my system yet. I've only played it in one tournament, so I still want to, you know, play that a couple more times. Um, I also have the blue white uh, Dreadnought deck that I got all the pieces for. That's the next like brew that I want to get through my system. And then I also put together the Jim Davis's Bug Delver list that won the last uh, SCG Legacy tournament. Okay. Um, because that's probably going to be the one that I'm going to take to all the major tournaments that are coming up in uh, about a month or so. You know, there's the Pennsylvania tournament, and then there's SCG Legacy in Worcester. So I, I want to, you know, I'm pretty familiar with Bug Delver. It's, it's the deck I've had the most success with over the years, so I just want to kind of shake the rust off. Uh, but I still want to get, you know, Blue-White Dreadnought out of my system, and along with uh, Painter Servant, that's still in my system too, so... No, Definitely I, going through the withdrawals. But you're still doing moto, right? Yeah. So I did. I did get to do two uh, daily events, which was awesome because I basically had to. And did, <laughs> would you do the Dak Faden deck on there? Uh, I did both. So uh, first one I did was uh, the Grixis Walkers. Um, it's kind of similar to a lot of the Grixis decks we've been seeing, but I'm going a little bit bigger. I have Creeping Tar Pits and Jaces and Dak Fadens in there too, whereas most of them just curve out at uh, you know. Young Pyromancer and then discard. I go a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, so round one, I versus blue white something. I in, we played for <laughs> forty five minutes and I never saw a win condition out of his deck. That's because he was doing cloud form Phyrexian Dreads. <laughs> yeah, probably. For all I know, like I don't know if he was just like the most unlucky miracles player in the world. Oh shit. Or what? But like, or if he was doing like the blue white Thopter Foundry deck and just never saw the pieces, but. I saw Jace and Snapcaster Mage. And oh, maybe that maybe that was just his deck. He just had four Jaces, four Snapcasters, and fifty-two counter spells. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it was. But I mean, you got to have more than that. <laughs> you know, it's like the saying: "There's there's no wrong threat, only wrong answers." Um, so he just kept you know counter spelling and sword supply sharing all my stuff. But eventually, I just got some stuff to stick around. He ran out of cards because he couldn't treasure cruise. 
Yeah, he ran the cards. <laughs> um, you know, my Jace's got me the card advantage. So I, I, I don't know what he was playing. I'm either Miracles, Top, something, but never saw a win condition out of his deck. Hmm. I, had a, I had a kid one time wanted to play Modern with me. I sat down with him. I had my Elf deck ready to go. And it was really just... Every fucking counterspell, cryptic command, snapcaster. Oh, yeah. I finally got him with a couple of elves. I'm like, don't ever fucking ask me to play again. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, oh, I, just, yeah. I just need a cigarette. We, like, we were just fucking around playing, and it was like a half-hour fucking game because it was nothing. I'm like, man. Yep. Oh, I remember way back in the day, one of my friends had a deck. It was mono blue with just like every counterspell printed up to that time, four Maze of If, and then like... And I- <laughs> An unblockable one one as the win. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> it's like this deck is miserable. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, he's running like forbids and force of wills, and I mean, this is way back. So we had like mana drains too. So when you have four mana drain, four counter spell, four force of will, four <laughs> forbid. <laughs> Pretty miserable though. Um, next round, I versus Grixis Tezzeret Painter. Um, that was a close match, but. I ended up losing that one. I uh, couldn't beat the uh, Tezzeret. Hmm. He uh, found the Thopter Foundry combo the first game. Game two, I, I snuck a win out of him. Okay. And then game three, he uh, basically just ranched me. Got, you know, uh, Ancient Tomb into Signet, uh, into turn two Tezzeret, into making the Signet a 5-5 and just started beating face. Huh. Um, so, that game was pretty miserable. Uh, it was close, but still lost. Uh, next I versed Rug Delver. Um, Rug Delver kind of just folds to my deck. Uh, the only real way they can, they can the win deck, is it... The Dak Faden deck? Yeah, Dak Faden. The Grixis Walkers. Mm-hmm. Just cause you have Innocent Bloods for their Nimble Mongoose and Goifs. You have Lightning Bolt for the Delvers. And then you can just have blockers for days with Young Pyromancer. So they don't really have a way to get around your young pyromancer, and then you can just you know take over the late game. Have you seen anybody doing the uh, monastery mentor or whatever the hell that thing is? Nah, I have not seen that in play yet. Okay. Um, so I think it's just people are. It takes a while uh, to get you know the the meta shifting. We haven't really seen an established list with it yet. Yeah, just people brewing with it. Yeah, but yeah, I have not seen anyone brewing with it. Oh yeah, you gotta get out more. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I'm having to do these moto dailies because it's the end of the world out there. <laughs> yeah, like five feet of snow on uh, on the streets right now. So yeah, I, I'm not sure how it is out there. It sounds like it's been pretty fucking rough. I know I put up I put up a fucking post on Craigslist that I was selling my snowblower. And, yeah, and I figured like. You could probably sell it for its weight in gold at this point. <laughs> Dude, I, I bought it last year because the plow guy was a fucking joke where I was living. Yeah. And I think I used it three times. I did the whole parking lot. The thing was a fucking blast. Yeah. And then right after the winter, I moved. And no. I, like, <laughs> I moved to a place where I couldn't keep a snowblower. I mean, like, I could. I could have worked it out with the landlord and, like, he'd have pulled his lawnmower out, put my snowblower in. I'm like, that's just kind of a pain in the ass. And, and um, I was looking for a house at the time, and I figured, well, I'll keep it at my buddy's place. So I, I put my I put my snowblower up there, and so it's out there all summer, and mm-hmm. then you know it starts snowing and stuff. He's got a plow guy that comes up anyway. I'm like, well, if you want here, take the key to the snowblower, and you can fucking clear your driveway out. I'm like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it if I'm going to sell sell it or not. And he's like, well, how much you want for it? I'm like, I don't fucking care, man. Make me an offer. I'm like, <laughs> like I bu- I'm, he's like, well, you've only used it like three times, right? And I'm like, yeah. Right. And he's like, well, then I'll just you know he was gonna 
I, I don't even, he hasn't paid me yet, so I don't even know what he's gonna pay me. I'm not really terribly concerned about it. Like, the thing was, like, this <laughs> does like, your, does your buddy live next door to me? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's a, it's a pretty fucking hefty snowblower. I did like, I like that picture Kyle put up. That thing was fucking awesome. I don't oh, know where yeah. he found yeah, that. Yeah, the snowblower with the Hemi engine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he found that image, but that's fucking sweet. I don't know if he made oh, that at God. work, but yeah. The, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah, I ended up just getting rid of my yep. snowblower. Yeah. So I I don't know what it yeah I don't know what it looks like out out there. I kind of yeah I I still can't I don't know that still doesn't get me into moto. It's I mean it's it's what I got to do. I mean we've had a blizzard for the last three Sundays in a row, so I just haven't been able to play. Um, you know there's supposed to be I, more. Yeah, I know. It looks like I'm going to be able to go to that's entertainment next week either. Why not? <laughs> well, if because we're supposed to get another blizzard next week. More snow on the way. It's going to be miserable. But anyways, I've been having to do Moto, and I've been cursed with the curse of the 2-2. So in that, that Moto match, I'm, I'm 2-1, have my winning in. You know, if you win, uh, if you win three, three matches out of four, you get like six booster packs. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely worth it. Um, and round four, I first the mirror match. Okay. And it's back and forth real close. I take game one, he takes game two. Game three, we're playing and it's super close. And then out of nowhere, he slams a blood moon. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just like, oh, that is backbreaking. But, you know, we each have one island in our deck, one basic island, which okay. is why I don't run blood moon in my sideboard. I was shocked to see that of his. Hmm. Um, but we, he had his island out, I didn't. He slammed Blood Moon, passed the turn back to me. I couldn't do anything. Uh, top deck your island. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I bit close. I top decked the Force of Will. Oh. Um, so that sucked. Um, and then he passed the turn back to him, and he plays Karanos. Oh, and geez. Karanos just proceeded to wreck me. This is a fucking Legacy Daily? Yeah, Legacy Daily. No, Karanos, I run Karanos in my sideboard, too. In your sideboard of what? I mean, I've, I've seen him as like a one of in the sideboard of Miracles, right? Yeah, and he's a sideboard of Grixis Walkers. Okay. Uh, you actually bring him in against Miracles, basically. <laughs> yeah, any, any like, slow, <laughs> trudging deck you bring Karanos in, and it's he's basically a Planeswalker. Mm. It's like at the beginning of your upkeep, either draw a card or bolt something. And right. then it's not unheard of to turn him on with that deck, too. All you basically need is, like, a Jace uh, and a deck Faden. And then I think like a Baleful Strix and it's turned on. Is that math right? Yeah, two, four. But yeah, yeah. J stack fade in and then either Baleful Strix or Young Pyromancer or, you know, replace it with one of the other. Uh, so it's not unheard of to turn him on in that deck either. But he ranched me with that. So that wasn't fun. Um, then the next day I got in another daily event and I played Esper Deathblade this time actually. And how's that, how's that, I mean, I, I'm kind of, see, I'm kind of still curious, uh, well, alright, so, early feedback, uh, from others that I'm kind of curious about, and I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about this, is, uh, it's, I mean, alright, here's, here's one cute fucking thing, right? Yep. And, and anybody that's listened to anything else may have heard this, and I thought it was fucking cute. So that Dak Faden deck that you've been playing? Okay. Or one like it anyway. It's um, well, 
So apparently, all right, Treasure Cruise kind of highlighted how valid Dak Faden can be. Yeah, but I was actually, I wasn't before, well, I think I was running, I was running a 2-3 split of two Treasure Cruise, three dig through time. Sure. And then after the banning, I just cut one Treasure Cruise for like uh, another Cabal Therapy or something and then put it back up to four uh, dig through time. All right. But I, I I know what you're saying, just delve in, Dak Faden invalidates delve in general. Well, it's it not. Makes... It's, it's not even so much that. Well, all right. The the wording I would use wouldn't wasn't so much that uh, Dak Faden validated Delve, but Delve highlighted the power of Dak Faden. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. And um, so now with Treasure Cruise banned, yeah. You know, uh, so there was a uh, man. I, I don't want to like cross reference too much shit from another cast. So I guess just between me and you, anyway. So this is. I was listening to Legacy Breakfast, mm-hmm. which is the cast out of the UK. Yep. And, and all right, so they, so they had a name um, for the deck, Faden deck. They were trying to get people to name the deck because it didn't really have a name. Yeah, it doesn't and, it? It's like the, Grixis something. Right. And the cutest name that I heard, I guess, two people from there came up with it was Dak and Black. Dak and Black. I like that. <laughs> like, oh, that's fucking awesome. That's but, pretty good. But they were saying that the, the deck's kind of taken, been a little bit more rough since the banning of Treasure Cruise. I was curious if it has been or not for you. Um, no, because I'm doing the bigger version. So the version that they were running was uh, is a lot similar to just blue-red Delver, but uh, going black for Cabal Therapy. Uh-huh. Whereas I'm going much bigger than Blue Red Delver. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm very Planeswalker centric. I'm running, uh, Creeping Tar Pit as another win condition. I up the land counts by shaving a couple of the spells. Okay. Uh, and I'm also running, uh, they're running some Baleful Strix, but I'm running, uh, four Baleful Strix. No, they who? Uh, the, the smaller deck fade index. Okay. Uh, the the ones that have been popping up in the SCG, uh, you know, top thirty twos lately. Okay. Um, they they also kind of run um, Snapcaster Mage, and I don't really run Snapcaster Mage in my build just because I have enough card advantage through Jason Dak Faden. Um. Um. So Treasure Cruise definitely hurt them. Treasure Cruise getting banned definitely hurt them more because they were more tempo orientated, mm-hmm. whereas I'm more control orientated, which is why I like the uh, dig through time better. Okay. Um, so I wasn't really affected by that banning at all. Alright. Um, I just seem cursed to keep going 2-2 with the deck. It's, it's, it, just like Esper, it's a very 50-50 deck, where every decision's really important, and when you, you're, you, you basically have a 51% chance against the entire field, but you don't really have any free wins. Every win you get is gonna be, you know, hard fought. Hmm. Um, it's not gonna be like show and tell, or, uh, Reanimator, or Dredge, or Storm, or even Rug Delver, where you can get the free win off of just executing your plan really well, uh-huh. you're going to have to fight really hard for your wins, which is why I don't like playing those decks in longer tournaments. I'll only run them in, like, dailies and, you know, Friday Night Magic-style uh, size tournaments, uh, because it's exhausting. You're just, every decision's so important, and that just puts such a strain on your mental, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on your mentality that... If you try and do like a GP or uh, an SCG that's stretched over two days, you're just going to be drained and you're going to make more mistakes towards the end of the day, which could cost you. And then you're just going to hate playing. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why I only run these types of decks in, in shorter tournaments, hmm. just because you know it it you can keep your stamina up. And I mean, some people love these style of decks like Esper and basically 
most decks that run Jace, uh, mm-hmm. just because they they enjoy that, and if you put a lot of practice into it, it becomes easier, and a lot of the decisions just become second nature. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how people like Joe Lissette can play Miracles, you know, day in and day out. Uh, because they've seen every line of play, but it's not really the style of deck I gravitate to that much to. I much prefer tempo and combo oriented decks. Um, so I just really haven't built up that stamina yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the cheapest decks. Ironically, the, one of some of the cheapest decks to build online because of uh, Vintage Masters. So they're the decks I have because Wasteland is the most expensive card on Moto right now. You know. Well, we're talking about cheap decks here. Yeah. Um, now, I was I was kind of hoping Bob would join us, and it's all right. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's cool. I was actually I was kind of hoping Bob would join us because I had a question for him. Yeah. A- and let me let me pose this question to you too. Sure. Because this is a question I keep getting posed with, and I'm not really quite sure why. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if you're trying to build blue red Delver. Um, mm-hmm. How can I how can I put this? All right, let me let me let me let me pose this question to you because maybe you can offer some insight because I can't. Um, you, it, imagine that you're trying to put together blue red Delver, mm-hmm. and you're looking for cheaper alternatives to Force of Will and some fetch lands, and so that you could. Uh, do well at a local tournament. What options would you suggest? Uh, I would suggest finding a different deck because Blue Red Delver kind of doesn't exist that much, at basically at all anymore now that Treasure Cruise is banned. And if you're going to try and build a budget version of a deck that's already tier 2, you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure. Like, you can make cheap decks that are good decks. I wouldn't want to make a cheap deck of a bad deck. Okay. I think there was a time and a place. So if if we're going back to before, you know, before um, Treasure Cruise was banned, um, there isn't really any alternatives to the fetches. You know, fetches are cheap enough where you can get them. You can just run off color fetches. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get polluted deltas and flooded strands for that deck, which work just fine. I'm imagining if it's blue red delver, you could even use wooded foothills. Yeah, typically the blue's more important because sure. you want to be able to have days and uh, brainstorm mana up at all times. Sure. So I'll, typically you'll you'll only do the blue fetches because uh, they run the basic islands in that package too. Yeah. Um, f- as far as force of will goes, you know, misdirections somewhat of the same idea behind it as just like a free counterspell um but uh, it's usually to protect something you're doing not to stop something your opponent's doing right it, it doesn't really work in that type of deck because you're gonna you're you wanna you wanna counter the big the big spells uh that you may not ne- that you're not able to handle and those spells aren't always necessarily uh instants or sorceries that are targeted they're usually like a stoneforge mystic Mm-hmm. Or a Jace, or something like that, that you really want to be able to deal with. My my thoughts were kind of uh, <clears throat> my thoughts were kind of spell pierce, uh, spell snare. If you're looking for like, but you know, you want to make sure you know what you're targeting if you're going to use spell snare, like counterbalance, stoneforge mystic, something like that. Right. I mean, yeah, spell pierce is probably definitely the go-to as just to fill the list out. Right. Um. 
there really isn't anything that strictly replaces Force of Will. But if you if you have to run something in that slot, I would say Spell Pierce is the go-to. I mean, I'd actually I'd, like I would be, and uh, you know, well, of course, I love Flusterstorm anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're trying to go budget and you don't have Flusterstorm, I'd go Mind Break Trap. Yep, Mind Break Trap, or even just Spell Pierce. A lot of times, I use Flusterstorm as a Spell Pierce. Yeah. I just like running it in my sideboard over Spell Pierce just because it has that ability that it's a little bit worse against someone hard casting a batter skull, but a lot better against decks like Storm uh, or Miracles. It's worse when somebody drops Liliana and you're holding Flusterstorm. Yeah, it is, but it's better when they play Entreat the Angels with Force of Will up, and then you're like, oh, Storm. <laughs> yeah. You can Force of Will one count one copy, but you can't Force of Will the other. Right. Yep. It's honestly the point is just like if you don't have access to Force Will, you, you shouldn't really be playing blue. Like the reasons why people play blue are brainstorm and force will. And if you don't have access to half of that, you kinda just want to look at other options. Like you for probably about the same price you could make uh, uh junk or maverick or something along those lines that uh you know is is just as good if be- probably better than a budget version of a blue deck. Right, but I mean, if you want, like, I just think, I, I'm still, I'm, I, I am still, and I've always been anyway, probably because that's one of the decks I got back into Legacy with. I'm a big proponent of getting into Legacy off Merfolk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Merfolk is a good uh, jumping off point. Yeah, and I was talking to, I was actually tweeting with somebody about that the other day because they were uh, debating about, you know, putting together a Legacy deck, but they didn't have the resources to get into Sneak and Show. And mm-hmm. that's what they wanted to put together. I'm like, and I kind of mentioned Merfolk to them. I'm like, you know, it's it's nice because if you put together that deck as Legacy, you can also play it in Modern. Um, and you know, I mean, once you have Force of Wills and Wastelands, you you start going towards other decks anyway. But the only thing I actually kind of mentioned to them that I thought was kind of funny, and this um, was that the way I would prioritize building Merfolk at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Force of Will and Wasteland, however you feel like picking them up whenever you can afford them, whatever. Uh, you know, the Force of Will price was fluctuating for a while, but it seems like it's gone up since GP New Jersey, and it seems like it stayed up. Yeah, Force of Will has always fluctuated for probably about the last two years now, between a uh, high of about 110 and a low of 75. Uh, Alright, sure, I could go with that. I mean, I think they were... I, I was seeing them at 50 for a little while, but that was definitely before GP New Jersey. Once GP New Jersey started to come up, they started to go like 75, 100, and they haven't seemed to come back down since. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely find deals on them, but they're usually kind of beat-up copies. I, I would say before GP New Jersey, like, the average price would be around, like, $75. And then I just now I saw the average price the other day. I looked it up, and it was, like, $109. Okay, yeah, sounds about right. So, like, all right, so if you're going to put together, you know, Merfolk Legacy, mm-hmm. you know, for, like, I, the, I was kind of talking to him, like, um, Force of Will and Wasteland is going to be the, you know, the bullet that you bite. You know, right. They at least go into other decks. You know, the the True Name Nemesis you can pick up however you feel like picking them up. I'm like, Ether Vial, the same thing. You know, I would actually, I would probably heavily gun on um, Master of the Pearl Trident just because he was recently printed and he's not going to get a reprint soon. Like, he's only going to go up for a little while. You know what I mean? As far as, like, all the rest of the Merfolk cards, I'm not talking, like... Yeah. You know, but, like, he's he's probably the easiest to acquire for a $3. Well, 
Right. The thing about that deck, though, is it's a lot of the stupid uncommons that are super expensive. Like, Curse Catcher's a $10 card. And that's what I was talking to him about. I'm like, the thing is, is I would probably prioritize Curse Catcher last. Yeah, it just... Just because uh, it's... I, I, I would be curious to see if it doesn't come out in Modern Masters. Yeah, Modern Masters, too, I can definitely see it in. Or also just kind of a... Uh, like one of those side side dual. promo, sure. Yeah, because they've done elves before, they've done dragons, they've done goblins, they've, they've done. They've never actually done a merfolk. One, yeah, uh... they've they've never done a merfolk themed side promotion deck. So I feel that's just a matter of time. Merfolk's yeah, always been one that. of the most popular decks, and it's a way to promote a modern format and shit. Yep, exactly. Well, it's it's really well, popular in modern. It's popular in legacy. But I think like right now too is probably a prime time to just grab Meta Vaults. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mutabolts is super cheap right now. Great keep, time to pick those up. I keep looking at them going, this is, you know, and I always go back to what my brother told me once upon a time, always invest in real estate. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, all about the lands. I'm looking yeah. at it like Mutabolts and, oh. I, Yeah, that's why I would actually, if I was getting into legacy format, I would prioritize Wastelands over Force of Wills because they're pretty much the same price. You know, they, they bounce back and forth, but they're pretty much at the same price at all times. Mm-hmm. And the Wastelands just go in a little bit more decks than Force of Will does, because the sheer fact that Wasteland is a colorless land that can literally go in anything. Now, oh, um, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I think that's an interesting perspective. Uh I don't know that I'd agree with it, but I can't, like, I'm trying to think of, out of all the decks that I play, mm-hmm. how many times do I use Force of Will and how many times do I use Wasteland? I think, I think as you mention it, though, the decks that I use that use, that I'd use Wasteland in, I'll probably run Force of Will with it. Right. It's like any deck you're pro, you're using, uh, Wasteland in that's blue, you're probably also playing Force of Will. Well, yeah, I mean, and- if it's blue. Yeah, but then Wasteland also goes in all the non-blue decks. Yeah, Death and Taxes, Goblins, Maverick, Mono Red uh, Sneak Attack, maybe zo- Zombie Bombardment. Um, Wasteland is just one of those cards where there's so many utility lands in Legacy, you just need them. Like even decks where I don't have a tempo orientated plan, I'll still run one or two Wastelands if I have the room for them, just to deal with decks like Cloud Post or uh, <laughs> Tabernacle. You Land just still. Eat- yeah, you just need that wasteland to deal with their problem cards. Mm-hmm. It's it's and some of them are they their only win condition is attacking you with a land. Right. Even um, you know, there were times depending on how the meta was where I would run a wasteland in my sideboard of Reanimator to deal with Caracas. Mm-hmm. I've actually thought about running not. I I still like not of this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Wasteland is a... I mean, not of this world is cute if you don't have to worry about the next turn when they untap. But, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wasteland definitely answers it better. Um, yep. Which is the problem I'm running into online, because to everyone's dismay, Wasteland was not included in Vintage Masters. Pretty much everything else was. You know, Dual Lands, Force of Will... Huh. You know, all these cards were in Vintage Masters, but Wasteland wasn't, so Wasteland instantly became the most expensive card on Modo, <laughs> which is really warping the meta online. Because Wastelands are so expensive, people don't have Wastelands except for a few crazy people who shelled out, you know, half, half a thousand dollars for, uh, uh, for, you know, a, digital dig- object? for a digital object. So. Is it 500 online? 
It's uh, well, it's it's about like a hundred and ten dollars a piece online. Oh, okay. So for the set, which is no not that bad when you're comparing it to paper, but then when you also see that Underground Sea is seventeen dollars online, you see why it's a little crazy. <laughs> no, that's fucking crazy anyway. Because I don't know, I I don't understand the whole moto economy. I I know that it exists. Mm-hmm. I just I don't. It, it's it's one of those like. Even the U.S. dollar. All right, now this is just a little oh, rabbit right. hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't actually want to be all political on fucking bullshit because that's not necessary. But like, did you ever? One of the things I heard once upon a time, apparently, well, the U.S. dollar is not on the gold standard. Yeah, it hasn't been on the gold standard since, since like Nixon. Seven. Yeah, and since. that's when they started putting "In God We Trust" on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so that's always backing it. And and uh, oh yeah, baby. <laughs> and so I I have I'm a little insecure with the U.S. dollar. I'm even more insecure with the fucking wizard's dollar. Yeah, exactly. The wizard's dollar, the all-powerful wizard's dollar. All right, now now that's enough. Also <laughs> that known as a ticket. Yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, it, it's really warping the online meta because wastelands are really are hard to come by. Um, people are extra greedy with their mana bases, and people's play style changes. You know, oh, people will, okay. you know, keep a one lander dual land hand because, like, the chances of my opponent... They're not gonna get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, because the chance of my opponent having a wasteland is slim to none. <laughs> you know, oh. granted, there are the people that do have them, you know, I did versus a rug Delver matchup, but, uh, in my eight matches... <laughs> he was running Ghost Quarter. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my eight matches that I yep. played, only one deck ran wasteland, which is insane compared to a paper tournament where I would say it would be probably closer to six out of eight matches we're running Wasteland. Just out of curiosity, what's Richard on Port go for online? Uh, Richard on Port's the second most expensive uh, card online. So Death and Taxes is the most expensive deck to put together online, which I find hilarious. Wow. Uh, let's get a quote on him here. So, no, I don't want to know the p- price of Rashad and Airship. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a Rashad in Pawn Shop? <laughs> that is a card? Is that from Unhinged? It's from the same set. It's from Mercadian Mask. What does this card do? Rashad in Pawn Shop. Two for an artifact. Pay two and tap it. Shuffle target card in play. You control into its owner's library. <laughs> oh, $400. <laughs> uh, 32 cents in paper. Why the fuck? What the hell? Wait, what would that be good for? Uh, I, it's probably comboing with some janky other card that lets you get some small advantage for way too much work. Wait, is that shuffle target permanent? You, you, control? you control into its owner's library. Oh, so I found a way to trigger my land tax. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> 35 Anyways. cents, I'm making my combo happen. Side, sidebar. Uh, so, Rishad and Port online on Moto, digital copies go for $148. Holy shit. In paper, they're $99. Uh, let's see what Wasteland's at right now. So... See, and and maybe that's another challenge I have, is you can get to the point where your moto deck is worth more than the computer that you play on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, Wasteland online, $106. In paper, $76. Wait, Wastelands online, how much? $106. Wow. And then paper average price is $76. So, you know... 
from you know paper legacy players they're like oh that's not too bad but when you compare that the rest of the format you know i built my uh as my fully built esper deathblade deck with jaces and force of wills and everything for about five hundred dollars um you know paying you know a hundred dollars for just a single wasteland definitely tilts the the value of your deck in in the favor of the land base so, because of that, you know, just like me, my Magic Online's our secondary. You know, we'll always play in a paper tournament first, but when we can't play in a paper tournament, we'll play on Modo. They're just not going to dump that amount of money that they've already dumped into paper into online again. They're just kind of looking for the cheaper alternative. So, kids, invest in real estate. <laughs> yeah, invest in real estate. Lesson, lesson is pick up Wasteland's prioritize because they are worth money and will hold their value. Yeah, I don't... What do, you, what do you think? You think they'd ever reprint it? I mean, they can. It's an uncommon. It's not on the reserve list. Yeah. Um, they already printed it as a judge promo, but that was probably about ten years ago now. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking, like... When, I guess I guess when I say reprint it, I mean drop it in standard. Oh. I, I, actually, yeah, I guess neither one of us really knows fucking standard, so who cares? I mean, I don't think they would do standard just because they've already announced, you know, they've they've pretty made it pretty clear that they hate, don't like land destruction. Yeah, but they printed Ghost Quarter. Oh, yeah, yeah but that gives but, you a land back. All right. Yeah, like Ghost Quarter, it's also Ghost Quarters are expensive. Like, when was the last time you saw Stone Rain printed? Like, even Stone Rain is too good for standard, according to, uh, you know, Watsy. What do you mean Ghost Quarters are expensive? No, Stone Rain. Oh, yeah, right, okay. No, uh, oh, Ghost Quarter, Ghost Quarter by expensive, I mean, you, it, it's activation costs. You know, just tap it. it. Right, but it gives them a land back. Uh, okay. Another one I was thinking is, what is it, uh, uh, Tech Edge or something like that? Tectonic Edge, yeah. Yeah, Tectonic Edge. That oh, that's one. conditional, they gotta have four lands, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one, the other one that's just like Destroy Target Land, I forget what it's called, but it's four to activate Destroy Target Non-Basic Lands. Yeah, that's Tectonic Edge. Is that Tectonic? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, let's see. Uh, now, Teutonic Edge is one inactivate, destroy target non-basic land, activate this only if an opponent controls four or more lands. There's another, uh, what is it called? I think it was in Ravnica. What's it to? It's, it's just pay four and tap it, destroy target land, no conditions. Is, is it a land or an artifact? It's a land. Oh, it was in original Ravnica. No, I think it was in Return to Ravnica. Last thing I could think of was Ghost Quarter at Anistrad. I mean, I'd easily be wrong. Let's see. I can't find what this... Oh, there it is. Encroaching <laughs> I can't find what this... Oh, there and it is. And there it is. Encroaching Waste. Uh, it's tap, add one to your mana pool, pay four, sacrifice Encroaching Waste, destroy target non-basic land. That's the wasteland they have in Modern. So... I don't see them printing Wastelands in a standard set ever again, just because Watsy hates land destruction. They just feel it isn't fun for new players, and if new players aren't having fun, they're not buying packs, and that's the last thing that they they want happening. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see it in a promo pack. Like, people were almost positive it was going to be in uh, the Annihilation from the Vault Annihilation. People Wasteland. thought it... Yeah, people thought in, uh, Wasteland and Damnation were going to be in that. And yeah, I know. A lot of people think of Damnation. Yeah, and then Wasteland as well. And then neither one of them were known there, which is why Annihilation is, like, the cheapest from the vaults you can get, just because it's full of crap. 
Uh, but you get a cool spin down. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see them printing Wasteland in anything other than like a foil Judge promo special style thing. You don't think they drop one in each of the commander decks at some point, maybe then? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they wanted to, <laughs> that would be pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that would be good. That would definitely lower the price of Wasteland, but I think it would be True Name Nemesis all over again, but on a grander scale. What do you if, mean all over again? Um, if they dropped them in a commander set, they definitely would have to drop them in all of them. Because if they only put right. up one, it would be the true name nemesis situation all over again, where people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, people would go from like targets, and they would buy out just that deck, mm-hmm. and then Walmart and Target executives don't know the difference between these decks. They just see them under the magic product, and only 25 percent of the magic product is sold. The other 75 percent is sitting on the shelves, not doing anything. So they're not going to order more product, which means in the grand scheme of things, less copies of the cards get out into actual players' hands because there's all this useless product clogging up the shelves. <laughs> That's what was the biggest problem with True Name Nemesis, is everyone was just buying Mind Seas, they weren't buying the other uh, the other sets. Right. Um, so, I mean, hopefully Wizards is smart enough that if they do do that, they put it in all of them so that they sell equally and people just buy the, the flavor of their choice, the one that they like the best. Or they wise up and allow stores to just buy certain, you know, certain decks of, out of it. Cause stores were forced to buy one of each at a time. They couldn't buy, you know, all Mind Seas or all of the Bant one. They had to buy one of each. Hmm. So, I almost, alright, um, another rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I left work and I was on my way home and I stopped at a store that's, uh, right near where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a little store out in Southbridge, and the guy's got really all he does is I think all he does is standard. And what they actually do for modern is not like competitive modern decks. It's more like a, a league that the kids can play in, so that they don't have to worry about keeping their decks up with standard. They could just play with the cards that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of sounds like what I did when I first started playing. Yeah, so and it's like it's a bunch of like. You know, 13-year-olds or whatever. It's just younger kids that are just trying to figure out the game and learn the game. So, like, that's not the place to go sit down with some fucking Gorio's Vengeance Fury of the Horde and <laughs> just mean, make them wish they never showed up, you know? like that's. I mean, you can if, that. if that's where, if you feed off of children's tears. Yeah, no, no interest in that. <laughs> but the, um, so, and a lot of times I'll go out there. Now, this, this is funny, too, because this is a store that's got, like, a lot of standards and then a very small select cards from, like, other sets, but they're not, like... Like, you, you're not going to find, you won't find Sneak Attack. You know what I mean? You'll find, like, I don't know, Mass Polymorph. Like, just oddball shit in the case. Um, mm-hmm. One, like, but the, I, think he's, I think he's got some cards on consignment from somebody, because there is, like, the full art foil lightning bolt. Ooh. That, yeah, yeah like, that's... I mean, there's a few cards that are, like, you know, the full art, uh, textless negate, textless ponder, uh, GP, promo... Jit, like there's some really fucking slick cards, um, and I think those are the consignment items. Every once in a while, I'll go in, and uh, I stopped on my way home and I picked up a couple of cards, and I, I figured I'd see if I could find Thopter Foundry. Yeah, I, I couldn't, and uh, which I'm not terribly surprised about, but like I forgot that that was actually in that Esper deck, that Commander yeah. deck. 
Oh yeah, the Esper Commander deck. Yeah, I yeah, the the one where they make the commander and then ban him in commander. Yeah, exactly. Well, fucking format makes no <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. Well, they printed the Thought Refinery, but they didn't print the Sword of the Meek. Is that in? In the commander deck. So you can have the Thopter Foundry and use it as an honest card, but they're not going to give you that busted combo in that. No, I'm just curious if uh, if that's in the new white commander deck. Well, what, Thopter Foundry or Sword of the Meek? No, well, Thopter Foundry wouldn't be because it's the white. Right. Deck, but if Sword of the Meek was because that's all based on equipment. I don't know if that actually is, but like, I so I, I played those with Lita. She had the white deck and I had the green deck, and we sat down playing, and I start making tokens, and all of a sudden I drew my card for the turn. I'm like, Skull Clamp. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I started doing it. I'm like, geez, this feels good. Oh, it's banned in Legacy. Ah, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, Skullclamp is like that card that everyone comes across and like, oh, this card is sick. I'm gonna put a deck together with it, and then they see it's banned. It's like it's like the forgotten banned card. (laughs) And and I'm I'm glad it's banned because otherwise, uh, Skullclamp Bitter Blossom would be absolutely busted. Well, you're only like, gonna get one, one, one a turn. I think Skull Clamp Thopter Foundry fucking Sword of the Meek would be disgusting. I mean, that's disgusting too, but it's also the Bitter Blossom Skull Camp is lose one life, draw two cards. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I, mean, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but Grizzlebrand is pay one life, draw one card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 but you can't. Uh, yeah. This, anyway, yeah. Skull Clip is pretty fuck, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Even in Commander. Yep. That's that's right around when I started playing. Skull Clamp was in Standard, and it was hilarious. That's gonna be. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, that's gonna be even like funnier and fucking stupid in Commander. You do like lingering souls, draw four cards, flash it back, draw oh, four yeah. more. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the only format where you can really play Skull Clamp outside of Vintage, and it's busted in that format too. It is, yeah, that's right. I think it is probably, I think it is banned in fucking tiny leaders. I would, I would be shocked if it wasn't. <laughs> no, it is because I went to take the the green commander deck and break it down to tiny leaders. And I'm like, all right, everything under three. And like I put it, I, I set the cards aside. I'm like, I don't even think that's enough to make a deck. And then I started looking. <laughs> I'm like, ah, skull clamp's not fucking legal. Actually, yeah. I, I could put glimpse of nature in. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I'm still not sure about that format. I haven't played it yet, though. I just put together the Prime Speakers Agana deck, so Tiny Leaders is next on my docket. Well, Prime Speakers Agana isn't a casting cost like five. Yeah, the, we had the same conversation with Elsa was on. No, I have Prime Speakers Agana as a regular EDH deck. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, pri- and then I'm going to make Tiny Leaders later. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm. T- I'm. I still haven't figured out a color, but I mean, I'll. I was thinking about this. You know, you were talking about that Grixis, right? Yeah. And that fucking Tanaka command, like, guy there? Tetsuo Umazawa, the the originator of Umazawa's Jite? Yeah, that guy. You know how much he's going for? Uh, 40 bucks. Is he 40? I, oh, was, I, I didn't know if you were quizzing me or not. Oh. <laughs> no, I asked you if you know. It's easy to say I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you were quizzing me. I think he's 40. Uh, he's from Legends, and all those guys from Legends are crazy expensive. How the fuck do you spell his name? U-M-E-Z-A-W-A. No, no, no. How do you spell his first name? I won't find him by Umazawa. Uh, Tetsuo T... T... T-E-T? Yes. Tetsuo... 
Oh, yeah, there we go. Tetsuo Umezawa. Um, okay, all right, so that doesn't seem bad. $30. Yeah, in some places actually $20. And I like I think I saw him at that store in Putnam for 25 after Celso mentioned him for Tiny Leaders, and he's, oh, the, ol- he's the only... Yeah, he's the only Grixis commander for Tiny Leaders so far. Right, yep. And I, I looked, I'm like, oh, that's, and I, I started looking for you, and I'm like, $25, cut the shit. <laughs> I'm like, so then I, I'm like, thinking about it, I'm like, dude, it's fucking Tiny Leaders. I should just make a proxy of this, foil oh, the yeah. fucking thing up for you, and like, Oh, that would be awesome. Use it for fucking Tiny Leaders. Yeah, because I would never run that outside of this format. <laughs> right, right. And, like, Tiny Leaders isn't something I'm going to get a fucking $30 card for. If it's, like... Actually, I wonder if Jit's even legal in fucking Tiny Leaders. That's Because that's got to be super fucking backbreaking. Oh, Jit's definitely banned. That, definitely? It, oh, yeah, there's no way Jit would be allowed in Tiny Leaders. I mean, I don't want to play Tiny Leaders if Jit is allowed. <laughs> I don't want to play Tiny Leaders if Counterbalance is allowed. Yeah, Counterbalance is banned. <laughs> All right, so maybe Jit's banned. But the, um, so, like, there's certain, I mean, I, I have an extra glimpse of nature anyway, so I'm okay to, like, put that in the fucking Tiny Leaders deck if I wanted. But, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's certain things where, like, if there's a card, like, I'm not going to go buy fucking Bitter Blossom for Tiny Leaders. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, whether or not I wanted to proxy it up and fucking... Anyway, it's just for shit fucking around, so I was thinking I maybe I'd make you one of these as a fucking commander. Anyway, ah, that would be sick. Um, the other one I was thinking about is, have you seen Angus McKenzie? I've heard of him. I haven't, like, actually seen him in a while. He So, that whole uh, legend set, there's a cycle of them, of, yeah. of three-color legends. Angus McKenzie's the Bant one. Yeah. So he's white, blue, green for a 2-2. And these white, blue, green tap fog. Is that what it is? Fog. Yeah, fog. It's so you can just have a permanent fog. Your opponent can never attack you again. And then what do you just mill them out? Well, no. (laughs) Well, no. You you fog on their turn, so you still get to attack. But every time they attack, you fog. Jeez, how would fucking. Man, now I'm wondering if, like, does it actually get away with an Isochron Scepter land tax? Fucking Isochron Scepter Orum's Chant board lock deck. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that would go right into that Angus McKenzie deck. It'd be fucking terribly miserable. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much, because as you, as you were reading them, I was looking them up. You know how much Angus McKenzie is right now? Oh, yeah, he's like 70 bucks. It's fucking sick. It's, it's, like, it, it's, I'm just saying it's sick because... I, I had one. I got I pulled it out of like a bulk box. It's got yeah. It's got to be like a collector thing. Yeah. I mean, well, because it's it's legends. Them? It's yeah. all the bears out of legends are so expensive for no reason whatsoever. Sure. Like, but I mean, is is anybody actually using this guy in commander? Uh, yeah. He's he's pretty popular in commander. Um, just him, because he's seventy dollars. Yeah. Him and <laughs> well, him and also Cersei. They're just people. They're ones I hear people who are really into commander talk about a lot. Okay. Um, but oh. he, yeah, he's a pretty popular general and just also goes in a lot of commander decks. Um, but he's also probably going to be really popular in tiny leaders too, so I could see his price go up. I, I oh had one, God, but I, I sold it to, uh, Star City Games and probably one of my proudest haggling moments. They were only going to give me like $40 for it and I managed to haggle them up to $50 in, cause I told them they could pay me in ones. <laughs> so I got an extra ten dollars out of it by letting them just dump all their extra one dollar bills on me. 
So neither one of us made it down Sunday. Nope, it was blizzarding again. And I was down the Sunday before that. So it's been like, God, it's been probably a month and a half since I've seen you. Yeah, I have not played Paper Legacy in a month and a half. I haven't seen I haven't seen Dan in a while. Uh, it was probably actually the the just before Josh left. Um, you know, Jay Richardson was down there. I think uh, Nick came down. You know, this is, we haven't seen Steve in a while either. There's been a lot of guys that I haven't been able to connect with. And uh, yeah, I mean, the last two months have just been really crazy with the pre-release, and then the Super Bowl, and then it was Modern Weekend, and then we just got like three weekends in a row of just blizzards. Fucking like, crazy blizzards! It's, it's like it's like it's like clockwork. Every uh, Saturday, Sunday, you just get snowstorms. <laughs> Want to go play Legacy? Two feet of snow. Yeah. Want to go play Legacy? <laughs> two feet of snow. On the plus side, I haven't worked on a Monday in the last three weeks, so that's pretty <laughs> nice. I've just been doing Legacy dailies. <laughs> so I I know I know Celso was saying uh, a little touchy this weekend with Valentine's weekend about breakfast and not and. Valentine's Saturday is this Saturday. I'm fucking like, I mean, I'm up for breakfast, and I know I don't I don't even know if this guy listens to it, but I know um, you know, T Moles was hitting up just about everybody in Massachusetts, seeing if anybody wanted to fucking play EDH, and I think he's up near Boston. Oh really? Yeah. I, um, so he was talking about seeing if anybody wanted to do EDH. I figured I'd see if you and Celso would be up for it anyway to do like EDH breakfast and then like legacy afternoon and he was he was mentioning like he's just had a needed a fix for leg uh edh but legacy can handle it for him too nice but i was just thinking about fucking getting together and play and then uh yeah i mean i don't really do edh but i have the i have the red white and green pre-cons that are already sleeved up all i gotta do is fucking shuffle sit down draw seven yeah i also have three edh decks now so i can give one to you too Sure. I mean, I'd like EDH isn't something I take serious. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's, uh, it's fun if like I'm building some crazy fucking combo deck, but I don't bother with it anymore since they banned Shaharazad. I mean, Adrian, those are all my decks. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that's like, that's all my EDH. All my EDH decks are are just the crazy combos I can't get away with in Legacy. Okay, <laughs> keep key me in on this then. <laughs> what, um, what's yeah. the crazy combo that you play because Shaharazad is banned? Uh, so I never was a big fan of Shaharazad, but the crazy combo that I have from old school days is uh, I have a Grixis deck that is Underworld Dreams to Fairy's Puzzle Box, which is one of my favorite old school combos. Yep, I had my I, my stepson was doing that with his for a little while. We had him doing like Underworld Dreams, Wheel of Fortune, yep. work, all that stuff. And exactly, that, that's, that's a lot of fun. And actually, I I was noticing that um, what the hell was it? The Grixis thing with. Is it? I don't think the fucking guy's name was Nebuchadnezzar. What the hell was? Yeah, it? it's Nekezer, the Mind Eraser. Yeah, like he's yeah the creature Underworld Dreams. Yeah, he's a he's a howling mind in Underworld Dreams. <laughs> That's it. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like straight out of like seventh edition era magic. I love it. That's, yep. that's like basically what my Grixis deck is. It's like seventh edition era combos with just Underworld Dreams, Teferi's Puzzle Box, uh, the Howling Mind effects. Does it have Niv-Mizzet Curiosity? No, nah, I didn't do the Niv-Mizzet just because that's a little... I mean, Infinite. I don't want people to hate me. <laughs> I just want them to dislike me. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the Prime Speaker deck is just like blue-green uh, ramp 
with uh, Prime Speaker into uh, Dream Halls. Because Prime Speaker draws you a bunch of cards, then you discard cards to play big guys with Dream Halls. Hmm. Uh, and then my Esper deck is, you know, Thopter Foundry and Lightning Tutor. Um, it also has the Cauldra combo, Sword of Cauldra, Helm of Cauldra, Shield of Cauldra. Okay. Uh, that's that's pretty fun. Wish that was good enough for Legacy, but nowhere near close to being Legacy playable. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. You're saying the Storm Hell of Cauldron and shit. No, yeah. I can't. Oh, man, imagine if, you know, Jit and the Swords and Batter Skull didn't exist. <laughs> Stoneforge Mystic would be putting into play Sword of Cauldra, Helm of Cauldron, Shield of Cauldron, and you'd be making a 9-9 Trample Haste uh, Indestructible dude. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, but here's a little, here's a little fucking this funny thing, man. Cause I've seen this. Alright, so like, that's entertainment has the dollar rare boxes, right? You can take yeah. through, find, you'll find, like, you'll find shit, and it's just a buck, whatever the hell is in there. And sometimes Nate puts Easter eggs in or whatever, but how many times you go, like, I don't even know the name of the fucking card, you're gonna have to help me out with this. Um, alright, well no, I'll put that part of the story, then I'll tell you this part of the story. Uh, I'm playing a game with Celso the week that you're not at TE. And I cast Cabal Therapy. And he says, like, uh, all right, what do you name? And he's like, can I suggest this is a good choice? And I can't remember the name of the card, but it's a card that I see in the Dollar Rare box for fucking ever. And I'm like, no, I don't think I'm naming that because I've never seen it in a fucking game anywhere. What is the name of this fucking card? It's like some book. Semperion book or some fucking thing? Uh, Serapedian Empires, Volume 7. That's it. How the fuck did you do that? I just typed in Volume 7 MTG. <laughs> Google Foo. Beware my Google Foo. Semperian? What? As Seraper- Serapadian? S-A-R-P-A-D-I-A-N. As Serapadian Empires, Volume 7. Comes into play. Choose White Citizen, Blue Camarid, Black Thrall, Red Goblin, or Green Saproling. Pay three and tap it, put a 1-1 one, one creature token of the chosen color and type into play. <laughs> so, so, that's the fucking thing. Wait, is that it? I think that actually, that maybe that's it. Maybe that's it that he said. That's not the one that I see in the fucking dollar rare box, though, all the time. There's another one that's in the dollar rares box all the time. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I think there's actually even another one. I'm, I'm Maybe it was, okay, maybe he did say Serpentine Empires, and I was thinking of something else anyway. But, yes, um, so yeah, I go to Cascabal Therapy, and he's, uh, what are you naming, Serpentine Empires Volume 7? <laughs> like, that's good. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I wasn't seeing that one happening, uh, but yes, yeah, so, good, finally figured out the name of that card that was going to trouble me. Good. I'm glad we set that to rest. <laughs> um, let me, let's, uh, and I know we talked about it recently anyway, just to kind of rehash and maybe on a different axis. Mm-hmm. Steve, Steve also was posting up, uh, he's trying to decide what to play for his Wednesday night local tournament. And normally he'll play Miracles, Stoneblade, Ant, Omnitel, or Esper Landstill, or Delverblade, but he wants to play some sort of a painted variant, but he's not sure where to start. Now, the first thing I'd like to say is, I mean, you can obviously tell uh, this guy's got a pretty diverse collection, which is wicked fucking cool. I, I, and I like, I like, you know, I, I like this post because I like the idea that he's not just stuck on one deck. You know, that's that's fucking, that's one of the things I like about Magic is playing diversity. I play right. diverse decks just because, um, 
And so I know you've been doing some pain of servant. I do a little pain of servant myself. And I think, what's what's your first impression on pain of servant? Deck is really resilient um, to bad starts and discard. Uh, well, like, what do you mean? Uh, like, like mulligans. It, it recovers from mulligans really well. Painter, well, what deck? Painter Servant. Um, the Grixis Painter Servant deck uh, that right. I'm on. Okay, the one you're playing. Yep, uh, just because you can get the Bale Strix engine going, uh, which really just powers you through the late game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's awesome having uh, uh, Goblin Welder and then trading off between Baleful Strix and Worm Coil Engine, just making a bunch of 3-3s three and then drawing a bunch of cards. So what's the point with the Painter Servant? Uh, it's the instant win condition. So um, the deck can win two different ways. It can either win by cheating a Worm Coil Engine to play through... Uh, Goblin Welder, uh, or it can win through the Painter Servant Grindstone combo. And what it really revolves around is the Goblin Welder. Goblin Welder is just one of the most efficient ways to cheat artifacts into play in Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Tomb, it, it, it almost plays like a reanimator deck, where instead of reanimating big creatures, you're reanimating combo pieces. Okay. So you'll Intuition or Entomb or Faithless Looting a uh, combo piece or a worm coil engine into your graveyard and then you're, you'll weld out either an artifact land or a mox diamond or a, ideally a baleful strix and bring that combo piece into play and win the game from there. And then what I like about it better than reanimator is that it has resiliency against graveyard hate in that you can just hard cast all of your combo pieces as well. You know, it's it's not as quick because you're not being able to just tutor them up, dump them in your graveyard, and then put them into play. You actually have to find them out of your deck, but it's still a legitimate win condition of its own. You don't have to go through your graveyard, so you're not stone dead to, you know, rest in peace like some reanimator decks are. The weakness of it, though, is that, like any engine deck, it takes a while to get the pieces set up. So if your opponent has a killer start, um, you can get steamrolled which actually Treasure Cruise getting banned was really good for the deck because it the deck was just stone dead to Blue Red Delver. Like, Blue Red Delver was just too quick for the deck to deal with. Okay. Uh, now that Blue Red's kind of fallen off and now mid-range decks are coming back to the forefront, uh, the Grixis Painter Servant deck, uh, Grixis Goblin Welder deck, I should really call it, uh, really has a chance to shine and do really well in the meta. We, we posted the list a little while ago, but I can throw the list up again. I'll uh, post it in uh, Steve's uh, little comment there. I see it here on the Facebook group. So I'll, uh, I'll post the most recent version of the deck. I have fine-tuned it a little bit. Um, I did have a lot of problems with the mana base at first, just because it is a very greedy deck. You know, you want to be doing turn one Goblin Welder, which is a red, turn two Baleful Strix, which is blue-black. So you really have to have very tight mana in order to pull it off. I can't seem to fucking find any decks about Painter Servant. Yeah, they're not too common. No, I mean, so here's... I'll kind of chime in with my impression a little bit on Painter Servant. Um, Because he's mentioned that he's not sure where to start. And... uh, I'm not going to knock anything about Painter Servant. My my first impression about Painter Servant, and it's just, it's like this with me for just about all decks. 
what's the big card that I have to overcome purchasing, and how versatile is that card going to be in my collection? I mean, it depends on what version of Painter Servant you want to buy, because the diehard Painter Servant people who are playing specifically Painter Servant Combo are running Imperial Recruiter. Well, thank you, Jerry, but I actually wasn't done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, um, oh, jeez, Jerry. Oh, you'd like this. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm going to fucking show you this. How many people were in this event? <laughs> four. It came in fourth out of four. <laughs> uh, God, I can't tell. It's someplace in fucking Japan. These are all Japanese lists. Um, I could look it back up, but take a look. This is fucking cute. This was uh, January 25th. I think you'd like. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. So, we have four <laughs> Painter Servant. Good start. Good start to a Painter Servant deck. Uh, one Spell Skite. Uh, four Goblin Welder. Three Sensei's Top. Two Lion's Eye Diamonds. All right, that's a little interesting. Uh, Snaring Bridge, that's pretty standard. Relic Progenitus. Four Grindstone, there's the other half of the combo. Um, for some reason, see the Cyanids under the Artifact section. Uh, Mox Opal. Wait, Punishing Fire? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, things are going a little haywire here. Four Brainstorm, one Intuition, one Neural Elemental Blast, four Force of Will, one Pyre Blast, one Dig Through Time. One Faithless Looting, one Tezzeret the Seeker, and two Dak Faden. And huh. three, three Grove of the Burn Willows. Three Grove of the Burn Willows. Yeah, so he was just doing, uh... <laughs> Fucking everything. Yep. Yeah, a little schizophrenic deck, but I like that. I mean, my Painter Servant deck's schizophrenic too. I'm running, uh, the, uh, Sword of the Meek, uh, Thopter Foundry combo instead of the Punishing Fire, which, which he's doing. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm just surprised he's not running Entomb for value. Um, because Entomb gives you a lot of flexibility where you can Entomb for the combo piece and then Goblin Wildered into play. And in his deck, if you have the Grove of the Burn Willows but not the Punishing Fire, you can just Entomb the Punishing Fire and then activate the Grove of the Burn Willows to get the Punishing Fire back and get the chain started. Hmm. So, I mean, he's not running Black, um, but I would, you know, I honestly think Splashing Black is worth it in these types of decks. Here's a, uh, then there's, there's another Painter Servant deck here that actually runs Counterbalance top. Yeah, this is, this is a more traditional version. It's running the Imperial Recruiters, uh, Magnus of the Moon, Counterbalance, uh, Jace, um, so, yeah, I know Jared Botcher was playing a Painter Servant deck, too, before he got banned. So there's a few lists of his decks if they haven't been uh, stripped off the Internet. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know, so there's, how can I put it? All right, so whenever I consider any deck, my first thought is what's the big high-ticket item? that I'm going to have to get for this deck, and then how versatile is that card in my collection? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, the, the Painter Servant just being a card, Imperial Painter being a deck, you know, so is Imperial Recruiter worth the purchase for me? And, and that's really where I'd end up looking at Imperial Painter. For me personally, no. Yeah. Um, you know, so then there's, so Imperial Painter is not where I would head to, but Imperial Painter does like most of the Painter Servant decks I see, where they will main deck target blue. And they do it so that they can actually fight with 
Red Elemental Blast post-servant and mm-hmm. pre-servant to land them. You know, other other than Imperial Painter, it looks like what the other decks will do is go Goblin Welder. And now they could just pull it back out of the grave if needed. Right. I mean, Imperial Recruiter is good for the deck. It's basically a tutor for all the creatures in the deck. Sure. But it's just not worth the $300 for it. And no. there are so many different ways to build a Painter Servant deck that it's yes. just really not necessary. Yeah, you know, so it's, like, it's nice if you have them. It's like, sure, to give that deck a whirl, but I would not be running out and buying Imperial Recruiters to run a Painter Servant deck when you can run just as, you know, just the quality version of the deck as well without it. It's one yeah, of the, with Goblin Welders. Yeah, it's one of the few cases where the budget deck is, you know, sometimes better than the fully built out deck. Sure. So there's, you know, there's like Goblin Welder, which, even though I don't see it actually. Okay, no, it's got Pyroblast there and Red Elemental Blast, yeah, so it's basically doing a similar thing where it's trying to hate blue to land a combo, and then hate blue post-fucking-servant also. So, like, that's... Well, that's, it's, it's hate anything, because Painters turns everything blue, so that's one of the right. best combos. <laughs> right, but you can hate blue pre-combo where it doesn't... Right, right. It, that's, that's useless against an elf deck. You have to land a servant for those red elemental blasts to be live. Right, but the thing is, against the non-blue decks, it's a lot easier to land a servant. Yeah, yeah. But that's, so that's the way that either the Imperial Painter, or I guess, I don't know, want to call it Welder Painter, mm-hmm. um, would actually function, is to like hate blue main deck pre-combo and, or pre-servant and post-servant. But, so my, my point is, I guess, that this, this way, with the Goblin Welder that you can make the deck that actually targets blue, so if you're probably in a meta that's got a hell of a lot of blue anyway, you might as well try that, I guess. I don't know. Um, the other way that I see a, planar, a Pain of Servant played is by somebody who's about to cast all this dust. Um, well, you can't name Colorless with Pain of Servant. No, but you can blow up everything with an all this dust. Right. Oh, are, yeah. are you saying you're casting the all this dust, or are you doing it to protect yourself? If you've never, if uh, you've never had that oh, happen to you, have you? Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm saying hey, somebody ah. plays a dark steel citadel and then lands a painter servant and then casts all this dust and everything's gone anyway. I got what you're saying there. Yeah. So th- th- there's another way I've seen painter servant played. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. And now, n- now there's people actually doing it with a painter servant and an ugin. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a combo there. Um, you know, so th- th- there's another way to play a painter servant. Um, you know, a lot of times what I like to do with painter servant is th- the deck that I play is, uh, I will, instead of hating blue, I'll hate red. I hate red pre and post. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's pretty fucking cute. What, to protect, uh, servant from like lightning bolts or? Um, well, it gives me game against burn decks anyway, but it's actually like punishing Jund I could care about. Like, so, alright, here's the awkward, funny fucking thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'll play a pain of servant over a humility and around a circle of protection red. I mean, you just do that because you like making judges cry. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's actually, it's not that I like making judges cry and they don't cry. C- you, the CJ won't fucking bat an eye at that shit. But the, um, it's, it's more, it's cute because if people are playing burn, I'm main decking circle red anyway. And if they're not playing burn, you can have a batter skull on a fucking true name nemesis. I can circle red it. Oh, uh, with oh, I see what you're saying. Painter servant naming red and circle yeah. cop. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's and at the, at, the, at the same time, I actually get I'll use um, celestial purge. Yeah. So you you could reanimate Grizzlebrand, and I'll probably purge it. Yeah, circle or 
Liliana. That is pretty sweet. I've, I've actually never seen that in those two in play together, so I can no, see how that would be good. Yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty fucking cute. I mean, y- if you're going to swarm me with young pyromancer tokens, I'm probably not going to fucking do much about it. You know what I mean? But you actually have to have a bunch of tokens, and if I actually get the humility up, that's where your tokens stop. Well, oh yeah, because you don't, you, they can't make any more tokens. Yeah, yeah, your Delver doesn't fly anymore, I'm not really worried about that. You know, it's just, it's it's a awkward little fucking thing, but it's kind of funny, because most people, alright, let's say, let's say somehow, some way, I see you played a painter servant, or I know somehow you have one in your hand, I don't really care how. Let's say you faithlessly get into <laughs> the graveyard. Let's say you cheated and looked at my hand. <laughs> no, let's say, you fa- le- well, let's say you faithless looting one into the graveyard. Sure. Chances are, if I see a pain of servant, um, I'm probably going to assume you have four to eight copies of Red Elemental Blast in your deck. Yeah, I would I would say that's correct. You have four Red Elemental Blast, four Pyro Blast. And, and one of it is, in playing a card that's got a narrow play margin to the majority, mm-hmm. how much of the information on your deck do you just want to cough out? Like, all right, if I start turn one fucking forest land of war elf, chances are you can already name, I've probably got four glimpse of nature and four natural order in the deck. Can, if, I've, if I'm actually invested, I probably have gay as cradles. Yeah, you, I, you can probably name 57 to probably 60 cards in that deck right right and, and the nice thing about pain of servant is that most people can't do that and the the interesting mm-hmm. thing about pain of servant is that there's a couple ways to go with the deck it yeah. was the imperial painter but i'm not interested in investing in imperial painter <laughs> welder painter is actually pretty fucking cute i like that i just i just happen to do it even fucking further off the beaten path <laughs> like, yeah it's not, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's good i'm just saying that nobody knows what the fuck no, I'm I, doing. <laughs> I like that i was i never thought about that circle of protection plus pain of servants actually pretty cool it actually yeah it is kind of cute because i don't have to deal with a true name nemesis now i just have to keep one mana open and, and i'm playing and i'm playing land tax and if my... you want you could either just do circle of protection blue and just still have access to the uh pyroblast and uh red elemental blasts well, the difference is that, in, like, because what I do with Painter Servant is mono white mm-hmm. against, against storm decks, I, I I land Painter Servant and name blue, but I mean name red. Mm-hmm. But then I, there's so many interactions that I play with. I get warmth, so whenever a person casts a red spell, I gain two life. Right. Which, which makes anybody playing ad nauseum tendrils fucking break even when they're done. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> And this, um, like, it's just so fucking awkward. It's so awkward. The, uh, it, it gives me, um, I, I end up with Hannah's custody. Mm-hmm. And, um, what the hell else was I using? Hannah's custody, I think, gives all artifacts protection. Uh, they have, like, basically all artifacts have shroud. Or something like that. What the fuck is Hannah's custody? Now that I'm mentioning it. Um, uh, MTG. Hannah's, I haven't played this deck in a little while, but it's so fucking, it's so cute because nobody knows what the fuck it's doing. I start playing oddball cards like Abolish. So Abol, like, because it's based on land tax, that's really one of the reasons. For me, that's one of the reasons to play the deck is because I play land tax. Mm-hmm. So Hannah's custody is one white, two colorless. Artifacts cannot be the target of spells or abilities. So you cannot swords my fucking painter servant. You cannot abrupt decay my painter servant. You can't target it. You can't, like, I mean, you can edict me, but you need Liliana now. You can't bounce him with Jace. You can't, like, um, it's pretty fucking cute. The other thing I'll use is uh, um, Absolute Law. All creatures gain protection from red. 
Oh, uh, so, yeah, yep, yep. Sorry, I land, I land the pain of servants, say, Red, you still can't abrupt decay him. Mm-hmm. You still, like, I can now chump block your goif. Right. I, um, well, actually. Well, no, no you can't because can't all, chump block that just makes all creatures unblockable. <laughs> yeah, I have to circle Reddit. Yeah. But, like, main, like, you can't, I mean, you can't lightning bolt him, you can't swords him, you can't get rid of him. Right. Like, it, it's, once he's on the board, he's on the board. But then I play, like, because it's land tax and I get, Basics. I, I can discard a planes to abolish a counterbalance and try to land them through it. It's 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 pretty it's pretty cute. It's just a different way to play paint a servant that nobody does. It's it's um when I was looking up land tax, I came across this paint a servant deck that somebody else had put up and uh, I played it a couple of times. I liked it. It was kind of it was fun. It's not um you know it's not that I'm gonna fucking take down an SCG with or anything but it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's something that's kind of funny like because I get a kick out of playing sometimes and just watching people try to figure out what the fuck I'm doing or like it, like yeah. picture, picture how cute it is when I like open up my Grizzle Brand match shuffle up somebody's taking mulligans <laughs> I drop Mox Diamond Land Tax Planes go <laughs> like what the fuck is going on yeah exactly exactly so. that's hilarious um yeah, there is just a lot of different ways to do it. That's you mentioned. You know, you like playing decks where your opponent has no idea what you're doing. That's what I really like about playing the Aluren deck, which is the only other deck that Imperial Recruiter goes into. Mm. Um, Aluren's the enchantment from Tempest. It's two colorless, two green, and creatures with converted mana cost three or less can be played as though they had flash, and you can play them for free. So you just play Imperial Recruiter into Imperial Recruiter into Imperial Recruiter, uh, and then play Cavern Harpy, and then I think it's, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's basically like Man of War. When it comes into play, you can bounce a creature. So you just keep bouncing, uh, Imperial Recruiter to find all the combo pieces, mm-hmm. and then you, uh, get Cavern of, uh, Cavern Harpy. Uh, play Cavern Harpy a million times because Cavern Harpy, when it comes into play, you have to return a creature to its owner's hand. So you just target, or you have to return a blue or black creature to its owner's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just keep targeting Cavern, and Har- Cavern Harpy over and over again. It keeps bouncing itself. You play it for free, you get Infant Storm, and then you brain freeze them out. And it's just one of those decks where you're playing the deck and you have no idea what's going on. Like, if you haven't seen the deck before, it just looks like a Bant deck. Or not a Bant deck, a, uh, a bug deck that doesn't have any Delvers or Tarmogoyce. And you're kind of really confused about what's going on. And then they drop Aluren, and they just win instantly on the spot as soon as they drop the Aluren. Jeez, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh... Are we slowly talking ourselves into getting Imperial Recruiters? Is this is what's happening right now? <laughs> no, I, no, you would see me make some sick-ass fucking proxies first. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but... We gotta do some breakfast sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. We need to play some Legacy sometime soon. This we, this winter is killing me. How about this Sunday we'll have some fucking breakfast in Legacy. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and if anybody hasn't, you can check out Legacy Breakfast. They're fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. A little uh, Legacy from across the pond. Also in Worcester, but Worcester, England. <laughs> this, you know what, I... I'm going to mention this kind of real quick, too, because somebody joined the Facebook group. Well, well fuck it. I'll, we'll get into that into Top 8. Um, yeah, we want to get into pro- Top 8. Yeah, we should probably head into that. Top 8 pairings have been posted. Episode 20. 
Who you want to scoop in the top eight, Jerry? Uh, so I want to scoop in Jamie Keller. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's starting off a, a new legacy podcast, uh, and he just got approval uh, from MTG Cast. Uh, you haven't heard it yet, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm giving a blind recommendation. I hope it's good. <laughs> um, um, I think yeah, I think the first episode came out like a day or two ago. You know, so when you look for the episode, it's. Uh, the way he did it, because he's doing it like, you know, he's just learning Legacy and just getting into Legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's it's like a classroom type of thing. Okay. So it's actually called Legacy Weapon 101. Yes, I do see that on MTG Cast. All right, so you're scooping in Jamie Keller. Yeah, you know, uh, the Legacy community is really uh, close-knit, so got to give support to uh, homeboys, so... You know, more legacy podcasts is more legacy content, and you know who can who can frown at that. So, wishing the best of luck with that. I am going to give it a listen on my ride to work tomorrow. Uh, see see how it is. All right. So while we're at it too, I'll fucking sco- I want to scoop in. Uh, there's more legacy content. Uh, I want to mention one briefly because if I I hope people have checked them out. And if people if the, on the off chance haven't checked these uh, these guys out, it's Everyday Eternal is like a really fucking good legacy podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, another legacy podcast that I really like is Legacy Breakfast. And we mentioned about out of Worcester, Stu and Stu, and uh, out of Worcester in the United Kingdom. And imagine if it's like the Leaving a Legacy token actually has Jerem and it says Leaving a Legacy United Kingdom. <laughs> like, dude, that would be fucking bonkers. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that yeah, I'm part, pumped for these tokens. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some artwork for the token. I want to get some, uh, you know, there's a couple of artists that I've hit up and, and hopefully I'll start getting some uh, sketches to try to see what's possible. What's mm-hmm. possible. I know I'm working on some border, some uh, token borders myself. Awesome! I can't wait. Yeah, I'm fucking psyched. I, I don't. I, hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's not as time consuming because I'd, I'd like to think that's what some of the <laughs> you take on way too many projects. <laughs> You're gonna pretty much just have to give up on sleep pretty soon. <laughs> uh, something's gonna give. <laughs> something's. I don't. I don't know what, but like, yeah, I, I have no. I have no fucking idea how I have three decks built ready to play. Uh, because we haven't played Magic in six weeks. <laughs> so, anyway. On that, uh, congratulations to Ara and Blue Red Delver Kid. What's his name again? <laughs> and and Nate Kiefer. And Nate Kiefer. There we go. Yeah. So, Ara's going to get a playmat, and Nate is going to get Gorio's Vengeance. Yeah. Thanks for everyone who posted. Steve, I don't know how you uh, you lost out. You know, you told the, f- the funny joke. If people haven't seen it yet, you should go on the uh, Facebook group. He posted a long string of reasons why magic is better than sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the highlights were it's okay to play an eight second game of magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be doing. He's I. There's, there's a couple of guys that have been on my fucking top list anyway. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get on top of these fucking tokens. There you go. Well, thanks for telling the jokes. Uh, we'll do another promotion sometime soon, I bet, and hopefully we can get some uh, tokens out to people soon too. 
Oh, really? Fucking soon. I mean, there's I've got there's there's something else. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with it at the moment. I gotta. I, yeah. Well, then I guess I won't mention it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Leave them in suspense. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so that sounds that all sounds good. Excellent. And then, uh, yeah, well, it, it's you're not sure if you're going to be there Sunday. I'm planning on being there Sunday, but if we get another foot of snow, I'm probably not going to be there Sunday. But if not, I'm going to be there Sunday. Oh, I need some fucking legacy, dude. I was. You should have seen me like <laughs> Sunday night. I'm pacing the fucking house. Yeah, anxious. I'm like, oh, I just want to fucking play. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I had to do the daily events. Hmm. All right. All right. On that, you know, I hope you all are getting your legacy fixed somehow. Uh, yeah. Even if it's through us living vicariously, through us living vicariously, through deck lists of someone else. <laughs> or, you know, like, actually, now that you mention it, yeah, the guy was uh, sharing his experience at the fucking live at SCG and Indy on the Facebook group, which is, I get a kick out of that shit. So yeah. if you're living vicariously through me, living vicariously through him... <laughs> All fucking welcome. There we you know, go. That's cool. I like the idea of uh, of the little legacy of this, you know, this legacy community and shit being like a brotherhood, you know? Yeah. Or a brotherhood slash sisterhood, yeah, whatever. <laughs> On that note, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. The tournament is over and the store is closing. Feel free to see us during normal business hours by emailing the show at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. You can also find the host on Twitter with Adrian at Mathematrixter and Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can also join the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group to stay connected.
When I date back, I recall a man off the family tree. My right hand, Papa Doc, I see. Took me from a boy to a man, so I always had a father. When my biological didn't bother, taking care of this. So who am I to pick up? Got a bad ticker, but I'm clocking Pop's liver. But you can never say that his life is through. Five kids at 21, believe he got a right to. Here we go, while I check the scene with the Portuguese lover at the age of 14. The same age, front page, no fuss. But I bet you all you know they live longer than us. Never been seen now. That's where you're wrong uh-huh. But give the man a taste and he's gone Not no sleep to a jazz tune I can hear his head banging on the wall in the next room I get the pillow and hope I don't wake him yeah. For this man yeah. to cuss, hear it all in verbatim uh-huh. Telling me how to raise my boy unless he's taking over I said, Pop, maybe when you're older oh, yeah. We laughed all night about the hookers at the party My old man standing yelling, good God Almighty uh-huh. Use your condom, take sips of the brew right. When they reminisce over you, for real For real, baby I reminisce so you never forget this The days are way back So many bear witness the fitness yeah. Take the first letter out of each word in this joint Listen close as I prove my point T to the R-O-Y How did you and I meet in front of big loose fighting in the street But only you saw what took many time to see I dedicate this to you for believing in me Rain or shine, yes in any weather My grandma Pam holds the family together My uncle Doc's the greatest Better get the latest If we're talking about a car Uncle Sterling got the latest I strive to be live cause I Got no choice and run my own business like my aunt Joyce. Yeah. So Pete Rock hit me, no respect you uh-huh. when they reminisce over you. Listen, listen, just listen to the funky songs as I rock on and that word is born to the one and only. Never be another, he was my brother. Trouble to Roy, it's like that, y'all. Stop. 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 Stop.